Stand by to the floor in five, four, three, two, one. Coming to you live from the rich heartland of Altamont Springs, Florida, it's The Vic Show with Victor Bowers, brought to you by Super Channel WACX-TV. Take it away! Welcome! Greetings! That's it. Greetings! Welcome to The Vic Show. Hello, I'm Victor Bowers, your, your host. For the next few minutes. Is the music on? Oh, there it is. I have a new song. Wordy Rapping Good. By the band Tom Tom Club, 1981. I don't know if anyone in my audience was alive or not. Well, no, of course you were. What you with? I don't know how well you can hear it out there. But I have a lot of stuff going on. Oh. Hello, Terry. Here's my bubble machine contraption. And begin. Look at that. Yes, push button bubbles. This is one step away from heaven. Push button bubbles. They're coming at me. Huh? I can't see him on TV. I'm looking on TV, but no one's showing me what's going on behind the camera. Oh, there you go. I'm sorry, Rick has 17 things to do at once. Oh, the bubbles are getting in my espresso. Okay. What are we doing? Don't mess up my drink. It's the only fun thing I can drink anymore. I'm joking, no. Anyway, it doesn't even feel like I'm on TV anymore. Oh, hello, Mr. Ex-President Cam. How are you? Oh, look, Victor's back there lurking. Okay. Just keep showing up, y'all. Is your head exploding yet? <laughs> Good. Good. Well, welcome to the Vic Show. Lots of fun and hilarity. Just keep that track rolling underneath. That, a little bit of that track goes a long way. Again, it's Tom Tom Club. Um from 1981 and it came across my stream of consciousness on my phone and uh, I'm like man this is an awesome band and what I as I got into it I realized they produced a lot of riffs a lot of musical loops they call they're called ear in the industry it's called earworms it's that they these little segments of sound within a song are are taken out and recycled reused by other bands so you heard other bands like in the in the 80s, Cindy Lauper, Madonna, and then uh, rap artists who were up and coming in the early 80s in New York City, they would take out little segments of their music from the Tom Tom Club, and you'd hear it in rap songs, and so then it just kind of grew from there. So, just a little bit of culture history and the creativity, because all creativity comes from God. All creativity, man takes some of it and perverts it. And distorts it and turns it inside out. That's what perversion is, a turning inside out. But it's still artistic. God, it's, it's being abused and misused, but we're called to redeem it, bring it back in. Not ignore it, not push it off, but try to redeem it. Even music, dancing. Oh. 
Okay, just keep showing up. I can't get away from this, so I keep coming back to it. Because that's... I'm sorry, I'm having an ADD moment. What does it say, Diane? It says, well, right now it says nothing. Oh, it's hold going on. to say follow, follow the Vic Show. show on, on Facebook. Facebook. Oh, Instagram, look at that. It's doing my work Instagram, for me. Instagram. And TikTok. And TikTok. TikTok. Woo All right. Uh, man, one less thing I have to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So we have the Vic Show. Welcome back again. If you're, if you're daring to tune back in to what's going on here at Super Channel WACX TV, at our TV station, Christian TV station in um, Altamont Springs. That's where we're producing, headquartered. And God's doing, God's, God is moving. God's doing good things. And he's using people, regular folks, Basically, anyone who will just show up and then not only show up and run and head for the hills after they see what God's doing, but they keep showing up. And a lot of times, lives are changed. Plans are averted. God gets in the middle and keeps doing things. And some follow him, some don't. But God doesn't give up, so we don't give up. God never stops showing up. So we keep showing up. We just keep showing up. See? All right. So stay with us in the next few minutes. I'm going to continue on a little series I'm on from the scriptures, just telling Bible stories. People ask me all the time, Victor, what's the Vic show about? You know, everybody wants a description so they can put a label on it. That's the way humans are. That's the way we are. We like to label things so we can categorize it, and then we can compare, contrast, and, and just fragment it. We love to fragment things. But I said, the Vic show, first off, I don't know, uh, except how it started and where it came from, which is about a, over a year ago, producing studio things, producing programs in this studio, and um, just to meet a need of uh, connecting with our viewers during the pandemic. That, those are the dark days of the pandemic, so to speak, when we didn't know what was going on and people were hunkering down and running from the virus and trying to protect themselves and, and all sorts of things were going on. Racial tension a year ago, the George Floyd um, situation and, and, and death and all that was happening and riots in the streets, you know, 2020. And here we are at the end of 2021. And we look back and we're like, well, that wasn't... That wasn't too long ago. <laughs> Perfect timing. Oh, look. Hello, Terry. Hello. St. Terry has, has descended into our midst, <laughs> floating on a red cloud. Anyway, the lighting on this side is a bit dimmer. i got to work on that. Call the lighting director. So anyway, so the, the Vic show is I get up here and tell Bible stories and just talk and just share. And it seems to be working and you like it and others are tuning in and and, and, but as far as I'm concerned, I just keep showing up and, and, and putting my hand to the plow, so to speak, as the rest of us do here in the crew and, uh, take advantage of the opportunities that we have here at Super Channel and to deliver a message. And this, there's one message. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's what this whole book is about. This whole library, this whole collection 
of, of stories and accounts and poetry. This is the best literature in the world. It's the best literature in the world, but it's more than just very good literature. It's a great story of the redemption of you. Did you even know that? <laughs> Most people don't. And they go through life trying to figure out their life on their own. And, um, and most of us muddle it up um, because that's part of our nature is just to mess things up. And, um, but God's taken care of it. And he's given us an opportunity to share it with you. And on that note, I wanted to start out with, I'm going to talk about Paul, the Apostle Paul, who was, uh, who was um, a unique individual, a man of his time and um, created for a certain purpose, and God took him and used him mightily in shaping our faith as a Christian, shaping what would become Christian doctrine, laying the foundations of what we call the church, and, the, um, and kind of setting out the organizational structure of the Christian religion, so to speak. And I use those terms kind of antiseptic, they're kind of antiseptic terms, they're clinical, and um, they're words that sometimes turn people off. But, you know, God had a mission. And it doesn't happen on its own. God entrusted and has, has chosen out of delight to use humanity. He's given all humanity a priestly vocation. All humans, male and female, all humans, to be reflectors of his glory into the earth. Right on. Right on. And we lost that vocation. We lost that vision in the garden, blinded by sin. And so now in Christ, it has been restored fully. And Paul tells us we are all priests and kings. That's what's on offer. That's the good news, to be a priest and a king. And in the Old Testament and in biblical times, priests preceded kings in authority. The king got their authority. The monarch got the authority to rule from the priest. And you see that when you study ancient Judaism, how the high priest wore a crown. When you study the, the outfit, the, the robes and the, the vestige of the high priest in the Old Testament that Moses set out in the Torah, the priest wore a crown. Now, it's not like a crown we're thinking today with jewels and stuff you see on the head of Queen Elizabeth or a monarch, but it was a headpiece representing authority. And he was the high priest, and he would, he would hear the word from the Lord, and he would deliver it to the people, and the people would then be blessed, and it was a cycle. And now that's on offer to all. Jesus is our high priest. And through him, we are called to be priests, and kings in the kingdoms God has given us. Your kingdom may be your home. Your kingdom may be your place of employment. Your kingdom, if you're a school bus, say, say you drive a school bus, your kingdom is that school bus. When you're driving that school bus as a school bus driver, all those kids are under your domain. You're a king or a queen of that bus. That's your kingdom. There is no high, there is no low. In Christ, we're all one. This is good preaching, y'all. Who would have thought for a Tuesday morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyway, so Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians... Uh, chapter 4, and I just threw this at Nathan like two minutes prior, but chapter 4, verse 7. Uh, okay. Oh, there it is. And this is, the, this is the shocker. This is the shocker. 
This is, this is the shocker. Paul is telling the same thing I'm telling you. He's telling to the Corinthians in, in this letter from 2 Corinthians. And he says, we have this treasure of God's word in jars of clay. That's us. I'm a jar of clay. You're a jar of clay. We're made from dust of the earth. And Paul's saying, listen, folks, this treasure of God's word and God's choice to use and and to proclamate his word has been given to us. And, And we are just jars of clay. We're just containers. A jar is a container. Paul is saying, you're just the container. But don't get your head too big. But in that, God has chosen to use jars of clay. He could have used angels. He could have used angels. He could have. But he didn't choose them. He chose us. Created beings. Creatures made from the dirt. Creatures made from mud. When you read the counts of Genesis, it wasn't God took dirt. The dirt that God is that the scripture is referring to in Genesis has just been moistened by water. God took mud and made you and me and all of us jars of clay. That's profound. I mean, that's mind-numbing. And then God, and so Paul says he took these jars of clay. Let's go back. I'm sorry. And to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not us. That this, this, this thing, God and everything he's doing, all the wonderful things you see and hear, and you see creation. I got up this morning, and it was beautiful outside. It's the time of the year. The morning sky is beautiful in the different colors, the purple and the reds and the oranges. It's just beautiful. And I looked at it, and I'm like, that was the, that was, that really, that, that was the first thing I noticed this morning. And it was free of charge. And I didn't even expect it. It was a gift. God was hoping I would notice it. And I did. Thank you, God. It was awesome. I loved it. In fact, I took a picture and shared it with a friend. That's what you do. And yet, I'm just a jar of clay. I'm just a container. Just like you. But God has chosen, Paul is telling us, God has chosen to show up all this surpassing power in us as a jar of clay. It's not from us, but God has chosen to use us. Okay, let's go on. We are hard. And so then Paul goes into saying, but I know we're hard pressed. Life is hard, but we're we're hard pressed on every side, right? Hard pressed every day, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed. We're confused. Our minds are scattered, but we're not in despair, but we don't break apart. We don't. Sometimes we have a mental breakdown, but we come back. We're persecuted. It hurts. People attack you. People are mean. People bully. We all know it. But God does not abandon us. See, that's a huge thing. Physical abuse is is horrible. But one of the things that goes along with it is the deep, uh, intangible sensation of being abandoned. Not only are you hurt, you can heal from your hurts. If you're hurt, your body will heal. But the, the sense of abandonment, someone has beat you and abused you and then left you. It's the le- being left part that hurts the most. You know what I mean? When you're abandoned, you don't know what's going on. When, if someone's beating you or hurting you, I mean, even though it's painful, you know what's going on. There's no question. But once the abandonment happens, 
you're left just in a void. That's the real pain. But Paul says we're not abandoned, even though we may be persecuted. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. And why is this? We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive, talking of those who believe, those who have received the gift, we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, because we carry Christ in us, so we're going to share in his sufferings, so that his life, his resurrected life, may also be revealed in our mortal body, in our bodies of death. Mortal means death, mortality. So in this limited body that is inching closer to death by every moment, same thing with yours, in Christ, there's a resurrection spark that is being carried around in this body inching towards death. That's unbelievable that in this body of death, as we age, we're getting closer to death, physical death, laying out in a casket, funeral, that kind of death. But until then, Diane and Terry and Angie and Nathan and Orente and Rick, myself, all of us, right. we're carrying around in our bodies of death as we, go to, as we age towards death, a spark of resurrection life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> exactly, folks. This is good stuff. I, I'm not even right. on my text yet. Preach it. Preach it. Thank you. So we're, we're carrying those who believe, and you can too. And the first, if you, the gift is on offer to all, came in Christ, the Gospels. That's what the Gospels tells us. Now it's on offer. It's exploded. Pentecost. The, the, whosoever will, everyone who believes. Who does that mean? Everyone. Who's included? Everybody. Everybody. Who's chosen? Everybody. Everybody is chosen in Christ. Show everybody is chosen in Christ. Right. Not everybody receives their, their chosenness, but God chooses all. God has chosen all in His Son. There is no fragmentation. There aren't some in, some out. There ain't. That's Old Testament. If you want to go back to the law, help yourself. But it will kill you. And when it kills you, then maybe you'll wake up. Because you'll meet mm -hmm. Christ in death. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. That's preaching. Preach. Right on. Right on. So if you want it, if your life is miserable, you may be rich, you may be living in Isleworth in a four-story mansion. Good for you. I'm, that's wonderful. But if you're miserable, you're miserable. Yes. You need Jesus now. Yes. You need him in your heart. Well, Victor, what does that mean? If I be born? No, you just believe. You, you, you turn, you turn. You're like, <sighs> it's, it's different for everybody, yet it's the same. We all come to Christ in different fashions because we're all different. But we all come and we say, maybe this, and it comes through hearing a message, just like you're hearing now, coming out of this mouth. Who would have thought these words? I'm just repeating what I've been taught. I'm repeating what I've experienced. What I repeat, what I say comes from a heart of experience. I know what I'm talking about. I've played the games. We all, you know. So turn to Christ. You just start taking notice. And God begins to not reveal himself to you. He's already done that fully. But the blind, like Paul experienced, the scales, the, the 
uh, poetic scale, so to speak. The, symbol- the blindness begins to fade and you begin to see things differently. And God will begin to speak to you. He's already speaking to you, but you've just not heard him. You've been deaf and dumb. But God begins to clear that up. And you can begin to receive resurrection life into your death. And then what's on promise is a a time in the future, there will be a resurrection. All I know is that's what Jesus shows us. I know what the scriptures say, and we all go back and forth about how it happens. I don't care about that. I care about the one who has walked my path for me. His name is Jesus. And he died. He rested in death. That's what happened on Saturday. What happened on Saturday? Nothing. He was dead. Jesus was dead, dead, dead. He laid in the bear. He, he was dead as they come. Come Wrapped on. up. Dead. Stone was on top. Ain't no activity. The day, the seventh day in Jewish tradition is a day of rest. So God in the flesh was dead and he was resting because all good Jews rest on the Sabbath. Come on. That's what Saturday is. Duh. He died on Sunday, excuse me, Friday evening, when the Sabbath starts, and he was dead all day, resting in death and conquering it and sucking it in and extinguishing it and taking the victory from the grave. And then he rose again on, on the Sunday. That's the story. And so now it's on, it's on offer to you, both of you cameras, and you too, Mr. Ex-President, I see you. I, you're not going by, by these eyes. I'm not even getting into my message today. Because we just keep showing up. Okay. So resurrection life in our mortal bodies. Let's go back to this, um, Nathan. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4. Okay. For we who are alive. Okay, go back prior, please, so I can review myself. So for we who are alive are always being given over to death, for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal bodies, okay? We live in mortal bodies right now. So then, he's going to wrap it up, bring it home. So death is at work in us because we're aging and dying. But in Christ, life is at work in you. Victor, that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense to the carnal mind. It doesn't make sense. You can't figure it out. It's not an equation. And you're not going to figure it out through science. Science doesn't have the answer. Science is not meant to answer questions like this. So then death is working in us. We know that because we get sick, we get COVID, we take a shot, we get sick, cancer, or just dying of old age, dying in bed peacefully, or dying eating your dinner because it's time for you to go, but you die. But still, for the believer, which can be anybody you just believe, life is at work in you. In death. Death and life go hand in hand. You don't have one without the other. But only in Christ do you have life working in the midst of death. Right. Okay, next one. Is there more? Or is that it? Is it more? I think that's it. Okay. That's it. Right on. That's more than enough. So then, should I even start? Well, I'll start a little bit. Okay. So Paul, who wrote this. And Paul, you know, Paul, the apostle... Named Saul, he was a high-ranking Jewish official in the first century. He was the chief enemy of the up-and-coming church as it was being born and going about this message of a, of a, of a 
of a, of a street preacher named Jesus came out of Nazareth and who pretty quickly rose to the top and said some profound things and did some profound miracles. And he was, they thought he was the Messiah. But then some, something happened and they crucified him. And we all know messiahs, aren't, messiahs don't die, especially on a cross. So they wrote him off. And then he rose again. And all these people started talking about it, hundreds and hundreds of people. And then like a month and a half later, this explosion happened in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, which is a feast we've been celebrating. You know, at that time, they had been celebrating it for about a thousand years at least. But on this particular day of Pentecost, which is a Jewish holiday, some bizarre thing happened and people were speaking crazy languages and just this big thing broke out in Jerusalem and it began to spread and went through all the region, went through all the Middle East and Lower Asia and, and these things were popping up in the synagogues and they were messing up the system. So Paul, named Saul at the time, he was a high-ranking young, he was young. He was a brilliant person, genius, top of the heap. He would have gone to Harvard and Yale he would have gone to all of them. He started going around with the, with the authority of the, of the Jews, Jewish political system, persecuting, trying to shut these things down. Because Paul was a righteous, he was a zealous Jew. He wanted to keep Jew, Judaism pure. And that's, that's honorable, that's noble. But God had moved on, not at the, not at the expense of the Jews, but God had moved on doing something new, hoping, the, the, hoping his family through, uh, through uh, Jacob would come along. But most of them did not. So Paul was out to get and cleanse the synagogues. And he was going around preaching and teaching. And then, he, and then on chapter 9 of Acts, Jesus meets Paul on the road to Damascus. Perhaps you've heard the account, Acts chapter 9. Jesus appears to Paul. That's what Paul says. Jesus appeared to me. And Jesus asks Paul, Paul, or excuse me, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Jesus asked Saul in Acts chapter 9 a very personal question. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That's what, Saul tell, that's what Paul tells us. Jesus asked him, why are you persecuting him? And Paul realized in that moment that he wasn't persecuting people. He was persecuting the Messiah. And, his, and then he, went, he had a blindedness, a spiritual blindedness. The account is provocative and, and it just, it's twists and turns in chapter 9, excuse me, of Acts. And then Paul was set on fire to go into ministry, not physically, but he, his heart has changed. And he reiterates he met Jesus. And he self-proclaims himself an apostle. It's amazing. Paul had no ordination papers. Paul had no one commend him. Paul, there was no overseer bishop ordaining Paul to do what Paul did. Paul just started doing it. He had no one over him except Jesus. And he says, I met Jesus and Jesus commissioned me to go and preach. And, and Paul could, had the weight to do it. And it stuck it out. And he fought a good fight. Anyway, next time we're together, I'll tell you about how Paul... He, he got hit hard continually, beatings and imprisonment. But in that, God was working. And what God needed Paul to do was just keep showing up. Paul had been selected. He was the one man God had available to him, and God was going to use him. But Paul had to just keep showing up. And there are two times in Acts 
where Paul says he wanted to quit, and Jesus appeared to him and said, don't stop. Keep the faith. I'm with you. And that's a message for you. Don't stop. Just keep showing up. Just keep showing up. Just keep showing up. And remember, with God, all things are possible.